very volatile year in many ways. Not just in the United States, but all around the world. With financial crises, political crises, society in upheaval. We can praise God that he remains the same. Amen? He does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and always. And if there's something that I was able to see that is the same is our church all around the world. We study the same Sabbath school lesson. We sing many of the same hymns. We worship on the same day. And after a week of travel and, and, and hustle and bustle from place to place, getting on buses, getting on taxis, trying to reach point A and point B, it seemed like it would take forever. It was nice to come to the end of the week and be able to worship God with other fellow Christians. Amen? What a privilege, brothers and sisters. And how beautiful for us today, on the last Sabbath of the year, 2016, on the last day of the year, to be able to come together and worship the God who created the heavens and the earth. God has been with us in our happy moments and in our very difficult and sad moments. He has not abandoned us. He's been there. In the hospital as well as in our work at home, and while we were shopping, God has been with his people. Now I want to share a few things um, from our trip, from our church members in Mexico City. Um, as we visited them, we came to Sabbath school, and the Sabbath school teacher was sharing with the class that 2017 was going to be different and he had the desire to be different. He wanted to be more like Jesus Christ. I said, amen to that. You could see the church was warm. They welcomed my wife and myself when we came in. They were talking about evangelism and how to reach their community. And it was inspiring to see this church in Mexico City where there are 20 million people trying to reach out the people around them. And then I had the opportunity of visiting the state of Oaxaca, where my dad's from, and we visited this very small church, 50 members plus, San Pedro de Comitancillo. This might not mean much to you, but this is the place where my dad was born. And in his town, they speak another language besides Spanish, 
they speak the language called Zapoteco. It's an indigenous language. And many of the people there speak it. My grandmother spoke it. My grandfather spoke it. For some reason, they didn't teach their children to speak it. Um, and we, we always told Grandma, why not, Grandma? Um, but they worship a God called Jesus. And that's who they lift up every Sabbath. I just want to share just one little um, item here. This is one of the hymns that they would sing at church and many other hymns that we could relate to. We sing here at our church and just seeing people come together. They were excited that we were there. It was the first time my father preached in his hometown. First time. My father worked as a pastor for over 47 years. He started at the early age of 18. And he was able to invite his relatives, his family members. I'll show you some pictures. These are some of our family members, um, brothers and sisters of my dad, some of my cousins. But in the back row, you'll see a man in white. Um, You'll see his daughter on his right-hand side and his wife in yellow on his left-hand side. And he does not know Jesus. And after hearing the sermon, he spoke with my father and said, Samuel, I have the desire to believe. I have the desire. I want to believe. He was a teacher for a high school for many, many years. He was the union leader of teachers there in the city of Comitancillo, or the town of Comitancillo. And the church was happy to see him there. It was the first time. It said, we know who he is, but we are so glad that he came to church. So there's a great, great job to be done, even in this small little town of Comitancillo. In fact, because it's small, Sometimes it's harder, brothers and sisters, because everybody knows everyone. And the moment you go from here to here, everybody knows. It's a big step, a big decision. But praise the Lord that there are courageous men and women who are making that decision to follow Jesus. And they are committed to sharing the gospel with those in their town and with others around them. One of the members is a physician. She went to Cuba, and she studied medicine there, came back, and she said, Pastor, I want to start a medical missionary clinic here in Comitancillo. Every time we do a health talk, the church fills up. 
And we have people coming and asking us questions about what they can do for the different diseases that they have. And so they are working very hard and, and, and trying to reach out to their community. There was another man that we met in another town called Ixtaltepec. And um, what happened at that, this place where we met was he shared with us that he knew exactly what was happening in the General Conference, North American Division, Pacific Union. He mentioned names. And I said, how do you know all this? And he said, Pastor, the Internet. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you are informed. But the best part, and this is what um, I took to heart, was the, the fact that he said, Every day, my wife and I, we pray for our church leaders. And I thought, okay, do you do this in the morning? Do you do this in the evening? He said, we do this every day, three times a day. I said, wow. You mean you you take time out of the day to pray for churches in other parts of the world? for church leaders in other parts of the world, for members in your local congregation, for your family, for your friends. And he said, yes, and I will be praying for Fallbrook. Amen? He said he would be praying for us. Many of the needs that our members have are not so much material needs. Yes, um, there are many things they could use. Um, I'll show you a picture here of their fellowship um, lunch. And this is a tortilla called a totopo. Um, and it's common for the region. Um, as you can tell, this is where we had it outside. This is a taxi of the town. Um, you probably noticed that no one uses a tie in a suit. I was the only one using a tie in a suit. It was hot. 90 degrees and 90% humidity. So you can imagine I was sweating in my suit and tie. Everybody just looked at me like, okay. But yes, they have um, fellowship lunch. And what they do requested was always prayer for a family member. Many of them have a spouse who is not in church, a child who's not in church a family member who's not a church, a friend who's not a church. And their greatest desire is to see them know Jesus. Because Jesus has made the biggest difference in their life. He's the one who's changed and transformed them. And let me tell you, brothers and sisters, Mexico is not an easy country to evangelize. It's difficult. People have deep-rooted traditions. In many ways, it's very pagan, and it's becoming more and more secular. But praise the Lord, there are members who are committed, and they're wanting to share the love of Jesus with their friends and family members. So they ask for prayer. They say, Pastor, pray for my husband, pray for my son, pray for my daughter. They still don't know Jesus. So this was fellowship lunch, and 
think I can press play and, oops, let me go back. And I'm going to ask Troy to play, press play for me there. But just a little scene of, of after church service, um, everybody got together there and was able to enjoy food. Amen? And it's beautiful to, to, to see all these different fruits and, and vegetables, and, and they're very nice, and they made a, a, a vegetarian dish, um, or most of the plates were all vegetarian. We had a few plates of fish. It's right next to the ocean there, and, and so um, people just sat down and had fellowship lunch and enjoyed this time of, of communion together. And we praise God that in spite of the differences, there are many things that we have in common. Amen? And then the greatest thing that we have in common, brothers and sisters, is our faith in Jesus Christ. That's, that's what we have in common. In fact, that is all that really matters. And I think this is something that the Apostle Paul understood well. When we come to the end of a year, it's a time of reflection, isn't it? We look back and we see what was good about 2016. And I know in our church, we are grateful for the baptisms we've had. Amen? We are grateful for the children who have been born in our church. Amen? Um, we, have, we are grateful for the members that have come to join our church family. It's a time to reflect and look back and see what is truly important. 2016 was also a hard year for many of us. Some of us lost a loved one this year. A grandfather, a mother, a wife, a friend. And we look at these events and we think, what is life all about? What is really important? And I believe Paul has a message to share with us, a message that he shared with the church in Rome, a church that was living in the capital of the world, a church that was growing, a church that was sharing the gospel with others. And I want to invite you to go back to our scripture reading this morning, Romans chapter 1. And as we read, I'm going to just invite you to bow your heads with me as I pray and ask God to speak through me through his Holy Spirit. Dear Heavenly Father, again, we come before you as a church. At the end of the year 2016, we come humbly. We come knowing that if we are here today, it's because of your great mercies. If we are here today, it's because you have a plan for us. 
We have a task to do. You have a mission for your people. And Father, as we read your word, we invite your Holy Spirit to be the one speaking to our hearts, inviting us to understand the message that you have for us. Because we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, a bond servant of Jesus Christ. Paul writes to this church in Rome, a church that was going to go through difficulties, a church that was going to go through trials, a church that was growing, a church that was in danger. And he introduces himself, not as Paul the Pharisee, not as Paul the Roman citizen, not as Paul, the free man. But he introduces himself as Paul, a bond servant of Jesus Christ. What did Paul understand about who he was? He understood that he had been bought with a high price. Amen? He understood who his master was. He understood that God was calling him for a specific mission. And his loyalty were to only one person. And that was Jesus Christ. Paul, called to be an apostle, called to be a messenger of the king, amen? Amen. Called to proclaim the good news, the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the holy scriptures. The gospel, the good news. Does anybody know what it reads in Greek? It's the word oiangelion, the word evangelism. Paul was called to be an evangelist, a proclaimer of good tidings. Is that something that the world needs to hear today, brothers and sisters? It needs to hear good news. It needs to hear the gospel of God, which he promised, Paul tells us there in verse 2, before through, the, through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, uh, concerning what? What's the good news? Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen? Who did God promise first? The coming of the Messiah. Do we find a promise in the book of Genesis? Do we find it with Adam and Eve? From the seed of a woman will come one that will destroy the serpent. Amen? Was a promise given to Abraham? Was a promise given to 
Isaac and Jacob? Did the prophets speak about Jesus coming from the seed of David? Amen? Did the prophets speak about Jesus being born in the town of Bethlehem? Amen? And if we go to the book of Daniel, to Daniel chapter 9, we find the 70-week prophecy where the appearing of the Messiah, when he would appear upon planet Earth, the year of his anointing, the year, the time of his ministry, three and a half years, and even his death was predicted. Did God fulfill his promise, brothers and sisters? God fulfilled his promise. And if there's something that Paul understood, is that God loves you. He truly does. If there's something that I took away from my trip this year to Mexico, is I visited my family in Mexico City. All of my wife's family except for mom and sister. They're all Catholic. They all are Catholic. On my father's side, most of his brothers are Adventists. Praise the Lord. Most of my cousins are Adventists. Praise the Lord. But there's a big group of them that don't practice anything. But if there's something that I took from this trip is that God loves them all. Amen? He loves them. He truly loves them. We did a day of snorkeling. And um, some bays are called Bahia de Huatulco. Beautiful. Pristine waters, warm waters. It was my wife's first time snorkeling. She was courageous. I was, really, you want to snorkel? She said, yes. It's so hot out here that I need to get into the water. I said, all righty. And she put on her mask, and she put on her fins, and I got her a life jacket. And we went out. And we saw some fish, beautiful fish. Have you seen the puffer fish? They're neat to watch. And then, and they're watching you in slow motion. They're just like a little submarine. The angelfish, beautiful, colorful. All sizes and shapes. Amen? And God made that for you and me to enjoy. Does God love us? He tells us that over and over again in nature. All the different fruits that we were able to taste and enjoy. It was God who made 
these fruits. And he made them for you. Because he loves you, brothers and sisters. And not only do we see God's love in nature, but we see God's love in his word. Amen? That tells us about this amazing God who created the heavens and the earth. And in spite of our rebellion and our sinfulness and our world full of suffering and pain and death, he gave us the greatest gift, his son, who came and was born as a baby. A miraculous event. God, the creator, makes himself a human being. And he lived among us. He saw our pain. He experienced our suffering. And he even experienced something that you and I, by God's grace, will not have to experience. And that is the second death. Amen? He experienced it. He tasted it. And when everybody thought it was over, it was finished, he rose from the dead. Amen? Why? Because he loves you. He loves me. He did all that because he truly cares. The disciples at first were shocked. They were scared. They didn't know what to do. But in this quote from Signs of the Times, we read, but the cross, that instrument of shame and torture, brought hope and salvation to the world. The disciples rallied. Their hopelessness and helplessness left them. They were transformed in character and united in bonds of Christian love. Do we need that kind of transformation, brothers and sisters? We need it. Our characters need to be changed. At least my character needs to be changed to the likeness of Jesus. They were but humble men without wealth and with no weapon but the word and spirit of God. Yet in Christ's strength, they went forth to witness for the truth and to triumph over all opposition. From their lips came words of divine eloquence that shook the world. Do we need to hear those kind of words today, brothers and sisters? We need to proclaim it. I know the newspapers, the news outlets, you'll never see a headline saying, God loves you. Never. 
But that's something God is calling you and me to proclaim wherever we go. Amen? That is the message that Paul wants to share. It's concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David, according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. Is God faithful? Is God merciful? God is faithful and merciful. And he has a special plan for you and for me in this coming new year. Will we listen to it? Paul listened to it. Remember who he was? He was Saul of Tarsus. And he became Paul, a bondservant. Changed, transformed. He found what he was looking for. In a volatile environment, he found stability in Jesus Christ. He found peace in Jesus Christ. He found hope in Jesus Christ. And above all, he found love in Jesus Christ. Someone he could depend on. Our world tells us, you have a job, you've made it. Our world tells us you have intelligence and wisdom and skills. Nothing bad about having all those things. I'll tell you, you've made it. You have the right friends, the right connections. You've made it. And yes, there are many ways of making it. This past year, my grandfather passed away. May, month of May. Before his death, I went to visit him. I said, Grandpa... What would you do differently? What, what, what would you have done differently? And he looked at me seriously because he, there was one thing he loved to do and it was work. He loved to work. He would wake up at four in the morning, three in the morning, two in the morning to get ready for work. And he did this for years. He said he put in, he put a hundred hours a week Ten years in a row. But he told me something that kind of shocked me. He told me, I would work less. I would work less. What's important, brothers and sisters? To have a relationship with Jesus. To make time for Jesus. If we're praying once a day, do you think we can make time in the coming year to pray twice a day? It's possible? 
and three times a day maybe, and then have a closer relationship with Jesus? God has a plan. What 2017 will look like, I have no idea. But something he does promise is to be with us. Amen? We have nothing to fear, lest we forget how he has led us in the past. He's promised to be with us. Paul, in Romans chapter 8, and I conclude with this. There are so many things that he wants to say about Jesus. But something that comes up over and over again is God's love for each one of us. And we read in Romans chapter 8, verse 31 through verse 39, these beautiful words that we have heard before. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, Who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Jew and Gentile, all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Amen? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Praise the Lord. Amen. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God and who also makes intercession for us. Is Jesus relaxing up in heaven or is he at work, brothers and sisters? He is working. And why? Because he loves us. He loves us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And he concludes by saying, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Is that good news? That is great news. And you and I have the privilege of sharing that with the world. Wow, what a privilege. Should we be ashamed of calling ourselves Christians? No, Paul says. It is the power of God to salvation 
for all those who believe. Do we want to believe God's word? I want to believe God's word. Do we want to believe his son? I want to believe in his son. I do. I want to be transformed, brothers and sisters. Do you want to be transformed? Praise the Lord. We have a great mission to fulfill. Time is short. And there are many who still have not heard of God's amazing love for this world. And something we can do, and we already started in December, we can be kind to one another, amen? And we can pray for one another, amen? And we can especially pray for those who are going through difficult times right now, amen? And we can make friends with people around us, amen? There's a mission to be accomplished, a mission to fulfill by God's grace, just like Paul and many of the disciples. Filled with the Holy Spirit, we will be able to witness for the truth and to triumph over all opposition. Amen.